Hello, my people. Um, I said that I would give you some uh, hardware updates, and this is just going to be a uh, a quick hardware update. Um, I did get my SSD. I got you know my SSD was waiting in the mailbox when I was doing that recording uh, for episode two. <laughs> when you'll hear dings. Um, throughout my recording because I use my phone as my recording device. How professional is that, right? And um, one of those dings was a uh, notification that uh, the SSD that I bought uh, had arrived. So it has arrived, and I will uh, tell you all about it. Not only am I going to tell you about it, we're going to try a little experiment. I'm going to actually install it um, while I'm recording it um, live. Well, I mean, I'll be recording it live. It won't, it won't uh, go live because this is a podcast, not a stream. But um, as I told you guys before, I got the uh, – I had ordered – the uh, Evo, the Samsung Evo 970 wasn't the Plus and it wasn't the Pro, um, but it's, you know, still a very good uh, SSD drive, one terabyte, and I wasn't going to go below a terabyte. Uh, the SSD that I had, I had a uh, Samsung, I think it was the Samsung 860, if I'm not mistaken, and that was 250 gigs. And, uh, um, it just, that thing got, uh, it was my boot drive, but, um, one of the problems that I was having with, uh, Microsoft Flight Simulator on my old rig, um, which was the 8700, uh, with the, uh, NVIDIA GTX 1080 Ti, uh, Zotec. Um, was the brand of that particular GPU, and it had served me well. Uh, and X-Plane 11, it screened. Um, by the time uh, the Vulkan uh, update had come out, and uh, I had everything configured, I was getting 80 frames per second in, in just about every scenario. That That's... Uh, large metropolitan areas and uh, mountainous uh, like Alaskan uh, areas that have a lot of topography uh, detail and um, you know that that thing was just humming in uh, X-Plane 11 and um, but one of the problems I was having with Microsoft Flight Simulator was when I installed it I have, okay, let me tell you what my setup was. It was about, it was still the whole, all my drives combined, um, which was two. <laughs> Make it sound like a vast amount. <coughs> I had a 250 gig um, M.2 boot drive. Um, and I had a 500 gig, half a terabyte SSD. Uh, SATA drive that went through the SATA 
ports via SATA cables. Um, and that was supposed to be most of my content. Um, the, uh, the boot drive was C and the SATA drive, uh, which was a, a crucial, uh, SATA drive. I'm going to have that SATA drive on, uh, I'm actually going to have all three drives. Uh, that's my plan, um, occupied. But um, when I install Microsoft Flight Simulator, everyone says when you install um, Windows, only have the one drive, your boot drive, occupied on the motherboard um, or connected so that no files get mysteriously transferred to any of the other drives, which I guess is something that happened. You know it's a clean install and it's on one drive. Um, I've heard only one other person say this, but I totally agree with it. I'm going to do the same thing for Microsoft Flight Simulator. I'm not going to have any drive connected so that the whole program in its entirety goes to that drive, which is why I wanted to get a terabyte SSD so that I'd have enough for my operating system as a boot drive and I would have the Microsoft Flight Simulator installed on that drive as well. Well, Griff, why not... Um, install it on another. I did. I installed it on the 500 gig D drive. There's something about Microsoft Flight Simulator, and maybe this has changed in subsequent up, updates that I have not had a computer to uh, available to, to get those updates, obviously. Um, There's something about Microsoft Flight Simulator that it has to be on C drive. And even if you install it to another drive, it still installs certain files to the C drive. And so I found when trying to do uh, liveries and just different idiosyncrasies, um, that the program was divided. You could go to D and see, that sounded confusing. You could go to D and observe that the Microsoft Flight Simulator was there. But if you went to C drive, you would also observe that there would be files on there. They would, the folders would be empty, but they were still there. And I couldn't erase them. I couldn't consolidate them. It, and, and I believed that that was in part, there's probably many reasons why the, why the program was crashing. 
So I figured out that I could just barely fit um, Microsoft Flight Simulator on my 250 gig boot drive, which was designated as C. Um, and so I erased it from this, and this was right before the uh, the storm that uh, zapped my computer uh, rolled by. Um, so I uh, deleted the simulator completely off a of D drive and reinstalled it onto C. But there were still issues. Um, at first, I tried to rename the drives. But you can't do that with your boot drive. Your boot drive sort of, once you designated it to be um, a certain uh, a certain allocation, you could name it anything you want, but it still saw the boot drive as C and the SATA drive as D. And because it would show a parentheses with those allocations in it, and then it would have the name of the drive that you named it, whether it's another letter or whether you gave it a title or whatever the case may be. So it was um, trying to rename the drives was a futile thing. I thought, well, it's on the SATA drive. I'll designate that drive as C, and and that'll eliminate the issues. When it goes to C, it'll go to the it'll go to the SATA drive, and there will be the 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 simulator there, and everything will run smooth. Um, that did not work. Uh, that did not work at all. So I completely deleted the uh, simulator from D and reinstalled it on C. But there were then there were files showing up on D. Uh, that 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 were unexpected and if this sounds like i don't know what was going on it's because i don't know what was going on it was just really weird so what i've decided to do and there was a gentleman that i think it was on uh a reddit forum that i read um or maybe it was in discourse i'm not sure that said I was having all kinds of weird issues with drives, drive allocations, installations. He said, what I did was I deleted everything, disconnected all my drives, only had the C drive connected and reinstalled it. And only then did those issues clear up and, and that stopped a lot of my crashes. So that's what I'm going to do. I am going to install it. I'm going to uh, have the uh, 
terabyte drive be my boot drive, it'll be <clears throat> excuse me, it'll be allocated as C. And that's the only drive I'm going to have in there. I'm going to install Windows, um, do a clean install of Windows on that C drive. And then I'm going to install Microsoft Flight Simulator Premium Edition on that C drive. And it'll be the only drive that's connected. Only then will I put the other drive. I might not do the 250. What am I going to do with that 250 gig drive? It's just going to sit there. I really don't know. I'll probably just reconnect the SATA drive. And I'm going to download. Um, there's a lot of important photos on there, predominantly our wedding photos. I'm going to download those to a thumb drive so that we always have we always have access to those photos via the thumb drive and then I'm going to wipe that drive reformat it and then use that drive as like a content for work and and stuff like that so that uh um the terabyte drive is going to be used um, predominantly for the operating system and Microsoft Flight Simulator. Um, and, and maybe some of the, the you know, um, work-related uh, programs that I, that I might need fat, fast access to. But all of just data that's unrelated to... Microsoft Flight Simulator, that'll go on the uh, 500 gig SATA drive. Um, that's, uh, that's, that's crucial. That's a crucial brand drive. So um, I ended up, so I ordered this drive. I'm not going to tell you the, the, the uh, uh, service of of where I ordered it from, know that it's not eBay, but it's something like an eBay. It's a online marketing place. And um, it was a, a new drive um, that was a Samsung uh, 970 Evo, one, one terabyte. Wasn't terribly fast, but the software that comes with Samsung and um, the software suite and stuff is, is pretty good stuff. And it's a very reliable drive. And I thought that's fine. There was nothing else that was better available. And so it was at a good price. And, and so I got it. Despite the fact that this seller had, uh, um, multiple five-star ratings, um, he didn't send it out you have a certain amount of period of time if you're a seller to get that uh, in the mail. And one day went by, two days went by, three days went by, four days went by, five days went by. Granted, when I ordered it, it was right before the weekend and you have business days um, to do it by. 
it still was past that date. Then I communicated with them and asked them, you know, did you send it? You know, I uh, tried to do so in a friendly manner. And he was just giving me like one word answers. And um, I went back and looked at the the photos that he had. Um, because you post photos of whatever it is that you're selling. And he said it was brand new, but the last photograph was his hand holding the drive. And that spooked me a little bit <laughs> because I don't know if he has a virus on there or what, you know. And uh, so um, I asked him, I said, Did, you know, is, is the drive brand new sealed in the box? And he said, no, but I only had it connected to my computer for a day or two. And I said, well, could, did you format the drive? And he goes, no, but you could easily format the drive. And uh, I said, well, that would be difficult for me to do because um, I'm building a new desktop computer and that's going to be the boot drive. And so I can't format it. I can't format that drive, obviously, because it's going to be the 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 boot drive. Um, so I can't format it until after I put the drive in the computer. And if it has a virus or or something like that, it, it could contaminate. You know the. Um, the Windows install, and then I'd have to wait till Windows are in, is installed and then try to go through and figure out if it has a virus and then, you know, cleanse the drive of the virus. It would be a big hassle. He didn't respond to that. Still didn't. And then another day went by where he still didn't mail out the drive because it lets you know when the seller, uh, send, you know, once they pick the courier, whether it's United States Postal Service or uh, UPS or FedEx, um, as soon as it's zapped into the system, it lets you know your item is on the way. And I did not get that designation. So I went to the, to the, um, I wrote to the service and I said, look, I don't, I don't want this anymore. I was under the impression that it was new. Then I found out that it wasn't. You know, I explained, I said, you know, this is a hard drive. If it could have a virus on it. You know, I didn't want to buy anything that was, had been previously bought, used. And, um, and it's it, above and beyond all that, it succeeded the, the day that he's supposed to send, send it by. So if he doesn't send it by that day, I have the right to, um, cancel the sale. And they said, well, we got to give him 24 hours. You know, we got to give him notice that he hasn't sent it and he's got 24 hours to do so. Um, I didn't think that was fair because that's technically giving him an extra day beyond the day that they say he's supposed to send it by. And we are already two days past that date or, or maybe even three days. And... Um, so uh, 
the 24 hours had passed. I let him know I didn't, I didn't want it. I said that, you know, you said it was new and, uh, it's not new cause it's in your hand <laughs> and new. They have parameters of what new is there's new. And then there's like new, like new is yes. It, the box has been opened, but you know, I have the original packaging. It's going to be put in that packaging and sent to you and blah, blah, blah. He said it was new. New means that it's sealed in the box has never been opened. It's new like you bought it off the store shelf, new. So um, um, the long and the short of it was that sale was then canceled. And, uh, um, and then it takes another... 24 hours to put those funds back into your account, which is the funds I was going to use to buy the new drive. Um, when that happened, and the drives go very fast, especially if they're new, unless they're, you know, an outrageous price or a price that can be um, comparable to, to Newegg or Amazon or Newegg or whatever, then people are just going to buy it from those places. Why would they buy it from, from a person if, if the price is comparable? So right when that happened, that I noticed that I had the funds, I did a search for uh, the hard drive and it had only been on the market for 10 minutes, sealed in the box, new. He has a picture of the box with the seal still on it intact and I got the Corsair 4 Series MP510. Um, it has read and write speeds. It's it's a, a um, Gen 3 um, by 4.0. It has 35 read, 3500 read, 3000 write, which is about a thousand more each way uh, than the read and write that the 970 Evo had. It, uh, I looked at reviews on it uh, very quickly. I always make sure that whatever drive I'm going to get has DRAM because you don't, a, a, a drive without DRAM is okay for, for data, but you wouldn't want your boot drive to not have DRAM on it, uh, DRAM cache. Made sure that it had DRAM cache in the review, and the reviews were stunning. And they talked about the software suite that came with it and various other things. And so I went back. I, I, I mean, I, I did this within five minutes and then added it to my cart and then uh, bought it. And uh, I got it two days before that they said I was going to get it. And... Um, it's sealed in the box right now as I'm talking to you. And um, it's uh, a much faster uh, drive than the 970 Evo. Wouldn't be faster than a 9... It'd be comparable to a 970 Evo Plus. Uh, the 970 Evo Pro would be faster than this one. But a 970 Evo Pro is almost twice as much. I got this for under a hundred bucks. The guy sold it to me for uh, ninety dollars, 
and then I had uh, um, a 10% discount. I guess they gave me a 10% discount coupon um, because I was, you know, dissatisfied. I'd made a complaint um, to the to the uh, to the transaction service um, that I thought the way that they were handling it was much more you know, in weight of the seller than the buyer and the buyer, once you buy it, the money's gone, you know, it's, it's not there. It's, 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 it's gone. It's taken out of your account. So, you know, I, I'm like, I don't have the money available to me and you're giving this guy every opportunity to send it to me. And now I don't want it sent because he misrepresented what, what the item was. It isn't new. It, it, it's like new. It has the package and whatnot, but I don't want like new when it comes to a hard drive because I don't want to worry about it being installed in any other machine before it was installed in mine because of virus, malware, uh, ransomware, who knows what, you know, and that would be a good motivation to sell something. If you got ransomware on it or, or a virus on it that you can't get rid of, you know, Take it out of your machine, put it in the box, and sell it as new. You know, so, um, but, uh, and I'm not saying that that's what, that's what that gentleman was doing. He probably wasn't doing that. Um, he told me it did not have a virus on it, and it was just in his system for a couple of days. And he got a larger drive, and he only had space for one M.2, and he put the larger drive in there and took the smaller drive out and wanted to sell it. Um, but uh, whew, all of that is over and said and done. And I have a beautiful Corsair MP510 box sitting in front of me. And I'm going to uh, unbox it for you guys now. And then I'm going to actually install it into the mother drive and uh, record um the steps that uh, I'm doing for that. So, um, a little experiment. We will see how it goes. And uh, let me go get my uh, pocket knife so I can unbox this, and uh, and then we'll install it. And should be interesting. So, uh, hang on tight. All right, here we are. I got my knife. It's uh, my beautiful aluminum snap-on tools uh, knife and uh, my wife got it for me um, about 10 years ago and it's got great sentimental value to it it's really cool looking knife it's got like uh, it's got like the the, the high-tech bolts stuff it's a short stubby blade almost like a box cutter but it's not like a razor blade box cutter it's an actual uh, blade it says snap on on the blade and snap on on the handle it's red aluminum it's very cool and I love it and I love my wife for giving it to me so we'll just break the seal which it does very easily because uh, I keep the blade sharp at all times so i'm opening the box it's a very small box um it's about uh three inches tall and 
about an inch and a half, two inches wide. Uh, it's a very attractive box. The, it's got a picture of the, uh, the actual drive, and that's like a, a, a kind of a gloss picture. And then the box itself, the back field is like a uh, flat black. And then the, the, the sides of the box is Corsair yellow. So it's a very attractive little box. And I'm pulling the, uh, the plastic, uh, blister plastic case out. And that's the drive. Um, it's obvious that this has never been touched by human fingers. There's no prints or um, fingerprints or, or, or uh, oily residue from anything. Uh, it's, you know, glossy, uh, brand new, very obvious that it's brand new and the, and the seal was intact. It's, I think there's some uh, literature in here. Safety information. Uh, I don't know what that would be. Uh, I think you're fine as long as you don't try to eat it. It's about the, the size of a stick of gum, like most uh, M.2 drives, um, with writing so small that even with my glasses, I don't think I would be able to uh, read much of it. <laughs> so, and the literature is... Uh, Um, just a pamphlet. It's got a picture of the drive on it, and uh, it says M.2 SSD Corsair. And uh, it just gives the general uh, instructions of how to install it um, onto your motherboard, um, which is, uh, I've done uh, enough of these with that uh, I don't, I think I'll be fine. Um, and I'm opening up the, the blister pack right now. And I'm gonna try to do this in a way that I don't fling the hard drive across the room, which uh, may be easier said than done. It is on there tight. A lot of times they, they uh, they heat seal these a little bit, so there's a little bit of a muscle involved in getting it open. It is really on the tight. Oh, I'm opening it from the wrong end. <laughs> uh, typical griff. And uh, you just try to touch it by the sides. And... Um, this does not have, I mean, it has a small, it's hard to tell. I mean, it, it's a sticker, but it, I think it does also um, act as a little bit of a heat sink. It's very glossy and shiny and, and attractive looking. The, uh, the PCB, which stands for printed circuit board, is 
is black. It doesn't have that uniform green look that's oh so ugly. And um, it's got all the FCC information uh, in the back on, a, on another sticker. And uh, so, yeah, I'm going to take this over to the, the where I have the motherboard set up and uh, um, install that. And uh, the, that'll be the next step. Is, uh, we'll do the installation live and in person. Recorded live, anyway. So uh, let me get my tools and get, uh, get things set up, and uh, we'll go ahead and do that. So here I am at my workstation. Now, as I've said in previous podcasts, I live in a three-bedroom apartment. It's fairly big as far as apartments go, at least in Florida. And, uh, oh, this city is a buzz. I live in Tampa. We get the Super Bowl this year. And, uh, and we have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers playing in the Super Bowl, um, which I believe they say is the first time a host city has ever had its team uh, play there. But I've also heard that uh, that um, and I thought I remember Los Angeles doing that, but no, I, I guess I guess not. But anyway, um, I try to make sure that I have everything uh, set up that I need beforehand before I sit down and start working but uh, I've made my uh, dining room table um, my workstation and I have uh, plastic I have a towel down because I don't want to scratch the glass but a towel is uh, um, not the best material to use terry cloth towel because it creates uh, static electricity so I have a sheet of uh, polyurethane plastic um, over the towel and I have various boxes on top of the dining room table and my wife, although beautifully tolerant, I know, is not happy with the setup and wants me to get this computer built, No, probably more than I do. But um, And I use the box. The motherboard box, um, uh, if you watch a lot of tech tubers uh, that do uh, builds. Sorry about that. That was my wife calling, telling me that she's on her way home. We always do that. It's just a little system we have. Oh, hold on a second. I forgot my uh, anti-static bracelet. Um, now, and I'll just connect that to the case. Ugh. You hear, um, a lot of tech tubers say that, uh, this is, uh, an unnecessary step, but I also, there's a couple of tech tuber stations that are very technical. I don't really watch them a lot. They're, uh, 
Um, Sorry about that. That was my daughter coming home from school. I probably picked a bad time to do this. But uh, um, there's a couple of really uh, technical uh, tech tubers out there that do uh, computer builds. They're more uh, geared around. They, they build computers for uh, Linux systems. It's very technical and stuff, but they're very knowledgeable. And I watch their channel. Um, two, and, uh, so I have the motherboard, which, uh, you guys can look it up. I'll restate what it is. Um, it is a, uh, B550, uh, M, a micro ATX motherboard, uh, MSI mortar. This is the non-Wi-Fi version because I always have my, uh, desktop, um, wired directly uh, into the Ethernet, which, uh, as we said before, that uh, that's probably why um, my com last computer rig got zapped, and I will definitely make sure that uh, it's protected before storm season this year, which begins around... June or July, but we'll have it well before then. Um, right now I'm removing um, the heat sink that comes on the motherboard. And uh, they're small, tiny screws. I use a magnetic screwdriver. Um, uh, as my primary weapon of choice, if you will. And um, just making sure that I remember that it goes like that. Okay. And then uh, it has a, um, a thermal pad that uh, um, you got to remember to peel the plastic off the thermal pad because if you put that back on with the plastic there, uh, it's not going to have the correct uh, thermal properties to uh, do any kind of significant uh, heat shielding. I'm going to move the motherboard to this location so I can see. Let me get my glasses. All right, and there is the um, slot for... drive. Now it can only go one way. There's uh, uh, the the gold um, filaments, which uh, I suggest you don't touch. Um, has a notch in it. And uh, so that notch allows it to only be installed one way. And you just press it in. And people will say, you know, it's correctly done because it, it, it bounces like a, uh, um, like a diving board. I've heard it compared to that. <laughs> and I will carefully remove the mounting screws. They are very tiny. 
And although I've never had to go through the exercise um, of doing so, um, I hear they're very hard to get. So don't lose them. Um, these come in a little plastic case. They usually are provided by your motherboard manufacturer. And um, there's only two uh, SSD mounting, um, M.2, I should say, uh, mounting places on this motherboard. But they, give, they do give you um, three uh, screws because these screws are very uh, easily lost and uh, and as I said um, hard to hard to replace apparently I've heard tell. So. All right. You you almost have to have a magnetic screw uh, driver to do this because the screw is so tiny and it's already fallen off the, the head of my screwdriver twice. But I have it mounted now. You just tighten it to the point where it uh, doesn't turn anymore. And I'm peeling the plastic covering to the thermal material. And I am Oh, I see. I made an error. Although it comes with the mounting screws, it's actually easier than I was making it out to be. Um, because if you put in the screw that holds on the heatsink, it will automatically line up and hold the M.2 drive down, so I don't need uh, a mounting screw um, for this particular length of M.2 because um, it comes uh, at the right length where if I uh, replace the heat sink, it's going to automatically screw in to 
the um, mounting screw of the M.2 drive. So that comes in handy. Okay, so um, I was having a little problems with these uh, screws regarding the uh, heat sink over the M.2 and um, I don't want to strip those in any way. So I'm going to my little um, toolkit that I picked up and I'm uh, set this over here to the side um, I picked this up this uh, geek buying multifunctions um, uh, screw works set is that what it says oh screwdriver set it's like doesn't sound right. And uh, I just picked it up for a few bucks. Um, and it's uh, it is a uh, multi-tool set. It's, it's basically, they, they say it's a telecommunications um, set. And uh, got a lot of the tools like the iFixit um, sets have in them and uh, that you see a lot of tech tubers have and Just want to make sure that I'm wiping this down correctly because I touched this all over the place. So I'm gonna swab it, alcohol swab it, and uh, let that dry. And good get that screw started and we'll get the 
go. That is how you install that. It's just having the right tools for the job. I, the screwdriver I was using was a little bit uh, too big for the screw, and I just didn't want to damage the screw. So that is installed properly and appropriately. The other thing I'm doing is I'm screwing back down the original brackets that uh, <clears throat> that the motherboard came installed with. I had to remove these brackets um, for the PC cooler. Um, a CPU cooler. But... Uh, I'm going to actually need the original base plate for the new cooler. And I have found that, uh, and this is why I'm going to suggest this uh, particular cooler when I get it, but I want to make sure that everything's really cool, cool with it. <laughs> get it? Uh, I want to make sure that everything is, is, uh, is good with this before I give a name out and and uh, recommend it again because I don't want anybody <clears throat> to uh, to get it and it not be um, good. So everything is set to go. The motherboard is pretty much prepped except for the cooler. I'm going to go ahead and stick it back in its. Uh, static free bag, which is the safest home it can have until it, uh, um, until it's ready to be, uh, fussed with again. So, um, like I said, it's been a long time since I've done uh, a AMD build, and uh, I mean a long time. So uh, when you don't work with a particular component or particular platform, um, you can forget the nuances uh, that are involved. Uh, with it and one of the things that I have found to be true in both those builds we we used uh, the accompanying um, stock cooler uh, so um, Toolkits put away. It's got a little idiosyncrasies, but uh, it's called Professional Standard Complete um, Geek Buying Multifunction Screwdriver Set, and it's the telecommunications kit. It's got a lot of tools for like um, working on cell phones and taking cell phones apart and 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 the like. But it also has uh, 
um, a lot of precise screw heads on a on a multi screwdriver to, where you screw in the screw heads, and a lot of them uh, are uh, work with PCs, and that's why I got the set. The set was just a few bucks, and and I wasn't gonna pay you know a lot of money for an extra screwdriver set, but uh, it came in handy today because those screws were tiny and. I did not have a screw head, even on my multi-screw head uh, um, screwdriver that was small enough to work with those screws. Um, but, uh, and this is actually the second, my first build um, was the first time that I ever uh, did a um, M.2 installation. So this is actually my only my second M.2 installation. And, um, I just was, uh, gentle. I used a regular size Phillips screwdriver and I was just gentle with it. But this one, because it had the heat sink was a little bit more robust and I needed a little bit more oomph to, uh, tighten the screws. And so I'm glad I had this tool set because those screws are so delicate. I'm fairly sure I would have stripped them or, um, damaged the crosshairs uh, where I would have had a hard time using a tool in the future. And uh, so I got it installed and then I realized I, I had touched everything. So I took it apart, wiped it down with an alcohol swab to make sure that there were no oils or, or uh, contaminants and then um, replaced the heat sink and that, that tool did it just perfectly where I was struggling with the uh, other screwdriver. I have found that with AMD um, and just my quick observations, if the cooler, I don't like the cooler to use the, uh, other than the stock cooler to use the bracket, the pre-installed bracket that comes with AMD motherboards because again, it becomes a sitting issue. And I know that that's a fact because other tech tubers have said when it uses the bracket it's kind of loop it's a little bit loose when you have heavier coolers that are different from the stock coolers uh, attached to that bracket but at the same time if you could find a cooler that uses the back plate um, for the AMD that's definitely and that's definitely going to be an easier install because the placement is slightly wider than Intel and so when you have to use um, their uh, hardware, um, the cooler can cover, um, because of the placement of, the, of where those uh, um, holes are in relation to the CPU, the cooler can cover those holes and then you have to use some sort of uh, wrenching tool or something like that. Whereas if you use the back plate, um, the back plate has standoffs that come through those holes. And so the installation becomes that much easier because everything's all set up for just screws to go um, directly into the standoffs that's uh, part of the back plate. And uh, so that's just going to be more advantageous uh, and in it and its ease of uh, assembly. So if um, 
you're building, if you're doing an AM, uh, an AMD build, uh, ideally use a cooler that uses the backplate that's installed on your motherboard, pre-installed on your motherboard. Anyways, that's going to be your easiest install. The second easiest is going to be using the brackets that are uh, there. Then you're just mounting onto those brackets. But if you have a heavy cooler, those brackets were not designed to stabilize a heavy cooler. They were designed to attach uh, an OEM cooler, uh, like a Wraith Spire, a Wraith Spire Prism. That's what they were designed for, which are relatively light uh, CPU coolers. Um, when you start getting into uh, stacks and uh, uh, stack fin arrays or double stack fin arrays with with fans attached to them and and the like, those brackets weren't designed to hold that kind of weight. And so there's a little bit of shifting that's taking place and you're not getting a secure mount where the uh, heat plate of the cooler is pressing against the thermal compound that has been um, applied to the top of the CPU. And um, although there are plenty of uh, coolers that seem to give good results uh, using those brackets, um, it, it's almost uniformly commented on that that cooler is, a, is set a little bit looser than it would be if it's using the hardware that comes uh, for assembling it on a Intel um, motherboard. But if you're using the uh, pre-installed backplate, it's screwing into that backplate. Um, and you're going to get a secure mounting and you're going to have a very uh, easy assembly on top of that. So. That's been done. We have the RAM installed, we have the CPU installed, and now we have the uh, Corsair um, SS, uh, I'm sorry, M.2 uh, installed, and it's placed back in its static bag, ready, anti-static bag, <laughs> ready to go. Uh, and I just... Uh, took my anti-static bracelet off. Uh, an anti-static bracelet is like an elastic uh, armband that has a wire coming out of it with alligator clips at the end of that wire that attaches to something metal so that you're grounded and you don't create uh, an anti-static charge on your motherboard. Although, like I said before, modern motherboards uh, are designed to withstand a fair amount of static charge. But, you know, it's a, it's a simple process, so uh, why take the chance? You can get anti-static uh, armbands um, on Amazon for... Uh, I got mine, actually. Uh, I believe I got mine on uh, Geek. Um for, for it was all I had to do was pay uh, shipping and handling. Uh, these usually are under five dollars, and um, and this is a good one. Uh, I've used it on multiple builds, and uh, it it uh, it's very well made. 
um, I have the uh, alligator clips attached to the actual case because um, the case is a big chunk of metal and uh, so um, uh, it's it's gonna it's gonna keep everything grounded I live in Florida Florida has a lot of um, it's a it's a subtropical zone it's just above uh, uh, the tropics um, geographically and so we get a lot of humidity here and humidity makes for a lot of static electricity uh, it's not unusual to touch the handle of your car door and get a shock or um, pick up uh, um, a chair and get a uh, and get a shock it's uh, static electricity is in the air a lot and uh, um, I'm not a meteorologist I don't know the science involved but um, uh, when storm season rolls around, which is about uh, pretty much in July, we're getting those storms every day between um, 1 p.m. and 3 p.m., and they last anywhere between uh, 6 p.m. and 8 p.m., and you get that literally days at a time. Um, you might get a three or four day break and then the cycle starts again. And in Tampa, um, we get, uh, a lot of lightning and that seems to keep the air charged. Again, this is my non-scientific observation. I'm by no means a meteorologist, although everyone pretends to be an armchair meteorologist in, in Tampa, because, uh, if you don't like the weather, wait 15 minutes and it, and you'll get something different. <laughs> it's what we say down here. And uh, um, the air seems to be uh, charged uh, all the time with, uh, with um, electricity, uh, you know. Um, and so I, although there are a lot of tech tubers that say, ah, you don't have to use the, the anti- uh, static uh, uh, armband or bracelet, whatever you want to call it, um, I do it because uh, especially if I, we live in an apartment complex and we have tile um, in the kitchen and bathrooms, but we have carpeting throughout. And so carpeting with, uh, um, you know, high humidity and uh, the air being um, uh kind of charged all the time, especially during storm season, which isn't now. Um, it's everything you touch, you get that little, and you can even see the arc sometimes. Um, you can see, you know, in the dark, you can see the little lightning bolt, if you will, uh, spark come out of your fingertips. And so, although uh, current motherboards are, are made to withstand a decent amount of static charge, um, I never know if it's enough uh, um, protection for the environment that we live in, which is very prone to static electricity. If I had wooden or tile floors, um, which is what I'm going to lobby for, my wife wants the same thing, so I don't think I'll have to lobby very hard for when we buy our home. Um, I think there'll probably be less possibility of that. 
but uh, as long as we're uh, uh, have carpeting and and in the Tampa Bay uh, area, which uh, is prone to a lot of lightning, the air seems to be you know overly charged and static uh, electricity is. Uh, as a reality and in, in, in Florida, you have to use a dryer sheet or your clothes are just going to static cling everywhere and you're going to shock everything you touch. And, uh, um, so it, yeah, there's just a lot of static electricity in the air. And so I take the extra precaution of using the anti-static band, um, whenever I'm doing a build, uh, of any kind. Um, even when I just am dusting or vacuuming out the, the, uh, the the PC, um, I, I still wear the anti-static because um, it's just so much of it. And so uh, I agree that it's not nearly the problem that it once was as far as motherboards go in general. Um, that's what all the tech tubers say, and I have no reason to doubt them. Uh, in Florida, in Tampa, in Florida, I just found that it's more peace of mind to wear the, the anti-static band and have it grounded and then you you know you're safe the other thing i wanted to mention on this little uh um, bonus content and i'll probably mention it again on episode three but and this isn't an i told you so it's not designed to do that i just wanted to let you guys know that uh um you know um when I tell you, when I share something with you guys and I have an instinctual kind of feeling about something that, uh, um, I want you guys to be aware that, uh, you know, um, I'm pretty good at this stuff. And, uh, so, um, as you know, if you listen to my previous podcast, I picked up a Corsair power supply, 850 watt. Um, and, uh, I told you that the price uh, was uh, uh, at Best Buy. They were running a special uh, for $135, I believe. And um, and I said that, you know, that's a really good buy and those power PSUs could go up in price. And um, Amazon was matching that price. Um, they were selling them for, I believe, 145 dollars uh, 144.99 I believe and um, the uh, I thought well that maybe that's just the general price of that PSU so I you know I thought well maybe I made a big deal over nothing but sure enough Best Buy is out of them uh, if you go to the website um, it says out of stock when they still have it at the price uh, but it says out of stock and I said, well, let me see something. I went back to Amazon and sure enough, that same power supply is $259. Um, and uh, I think they have a refurbished for like $215. Um, but for a brand new power supply out of the box, um, it's $259 on Amazon. And I believe that's because they knew that uh, Best Buy had blowed them out. They sold out of them, and now they're they're going back to the price that they normally sell that uh, um, PSU uh, for. So I hope 
if you lived near a Best Buy and you were thinking about uh, upgrading or doing a build, you went ahead and, and picked up that power supply at that price. And uh, if you saw it on Amazon, uh, I guess I should have mentioned that Amazon had it at that price, but I wasn't sure that that was a special sale. So um, I wish in retrospect that I had mentioned that Amazon seems to be matching the Best Buy price. Um, which seems to be what had happened. I wasn't sure that that was what was taking place. It's only afterwards that I realized that that must be what they were doing. And uh, now that the power supply are no longer at Best Buy available for that uh, $135, $145 price, they're back up to $259, $260 actually. So... Um, yeah, so if I get a feeling that uh, something's marked down, um, it's it's because I follow the prices of these things pretty closely uh, throughout the year, whether I'm doing a build or not. And if I come across something that I think is a good price, like the monitor, for instance, that I talked about, the uh, um, Asus Tough monitors, um, a couple of variations, but uh, they had them... Uh, post Black Friday um, for $335. And then I was able to apply uh, some coupons and, and stuff and got it for uh, $315. Um, those are back up to $379. So um, uh, I just wanted you guys to, to be aware that if I do come across something and I'll try to share it with you and Note that uh, um, that uh, often that's a temporary situation, and so uh, be it far from me to say better buy this now. But um, if I mention a price and a product, and 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 I get the feeling that it's something that's uh, not the new established price, but something that's uh, a temporary price, I'm more often correct than incorrect. So yeah, I wanted to let you guys know that if you do see that power supply uh, anywhere um, between 135 and say 155 um, and, and you know you're going to need an 850 watt power supply because of the GPU upgrades or you're building a new system with a powerful GPU in it, pick it up at that price. And uh, if your local Best Buy still has it at that price, get it. Um, and uh, uh, if you see it anywhere listed uh, for that price, and uh, I would get it because it's a great power supply. It is one of the most reliable power supplies um, that you can get. It's, it's really one that you don't... Uh, have to worry about. It's been tried and true and tested. And so you're like, ah, you know, it's a good name brand, but is it, it you know, is this one going to be, you know, um, is this one going to have any kind of failure ratio or something? Corsair, um, whether you like their cases or not, their fans are overpriced for what they do. Um, they make really great RAM and they make a really good M.2, and they make a really good power supply unit. And so if you see any of those three things at a good price, 
um, it's it's uh, good to pick it up. Um, so that's it, guys. We uh, we did this little experiment where I did an installation, and uh, um, it was pretty interesting. I hope you guys got something out of it. Um, just make sure that your M.2 is seated correctly. You can push it into the slot and it could feel like it's in there and then you could give it a little bit more pressure and then it, it has a little bit more room to go. It doesn't give an audible click. I have not found that on the last build that I did or this one, but you can sort of feel when it seats into place. It kind of just sort of has that extra little bit of room that kind of, you know, cathunks into place. Um, and uh, make sure you're uh, peeling the plastic. If it comes with a, if your motherboard comes with a pre-installed heat sink, you got to take that heat sink off, obviously, to expose the slot that the M.2 goes in. Make sure you peel the plastic that, that has a, a, a little plastic uh, um, film that protects the uh, um, material uh, the, um, that protects the thermal pad, you have to peel that off first. And if you touch that thermal pad, uh, then go ahead and wipe it down, um, with a, a little alcohol pad. I get, uh, um, the little packs of, uh, you can find them in the pharmacy, believe it or not. Uh, don't pay a lot of money for them. You can go to the pharmacy. Um, it's, uh, what diabetics use uh, every day to give themselves their insulin shots. And, um, and it's just uh, um, a little alcohol swab that's in a pre, uh, that's in a little uh, envelope and uh, uh, individually uh, wrapped envelope and you just tear the envelope and there's the swab with the alcohol uh, that's what I use. I don't have to worry about spilling any alcohol or putting too much on a on a swab or something like that. It's on there. It's it's uh, every once in a while you'll get a dry one if you touch it and it's dry. Just throw that one away and open up another one and and it'll be damp with the alcohol. And I have found that that works really good for cleaning thermal paste off a CPU or or uh, rubbing anything down, or if you touch your CPU before you put the thermal paste, I will use a uh, alcohol swab and, and uh, um, clean off the CPU before I apply thermal paste when, uh, when we do the cooler install. So um, just to make sure, I've been pretty careful not touching the, the CPU, but you never know. And there's gonna be dust and stuff on it. Um, probably anyway, so it's good to just wipe it down before you apply the thermal paste. Just make sure that it's dry. Uh, it takes a, a, about 30 seconds or so for it to air dry, and because uh, um, you don't want to put the thermal paste on a wet surface, obviously. So that's it. That wraps up this one, guys. Uh, episode 3 will be coming in, uh, in some days, and uh, we'll have a lot to talk about then. And uh, until then, wheels up soon.